help them to, you got to have faith. <laughs> All right. What is faith? Uh, well, I should introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Reg Clay, and uh, this is Craig Dickerson. Hello, everyone. Hey. Craig here. We'll let the, uh, the music uh, die down a little bit. Yeah. Give it to uh, uh, Reverend James. <laughs> That's right, James Cleveland. He was a three-minute singers. Yeah. Yeah. Right so this is uh, the Battle of Faith. This is a faith uh, podcast. I'm going to boost the uh, the volume up a little bit. There we go. So what is faith? In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. One playwright wrote that it's believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief when no one else believes. Dr. King says if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. So this podcast is about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind, the goodness and the kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in the world. But it begins with our, with our faith. You've got to have faith. All right. So uh, it's September the 2nd, scorching hot here in the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah, we're all suffering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, not as, not as bad as uh, things are in Texas. Uh, things pretty bad. And you're from Texas, Greg. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You have an uncle who's in Houston? Yeah, my uncle Johnny's in Houston with his son, Johnny Jr., and still haven't quite found out what's going on with them. Yeah. So I assume they were evacuated. And maybe they went home. Maybe they didn't. Yeah. yeah. So... My dad's in um, Dallas. Mm-hmm. His sister, my aunt, is in Oklahoma. And mm-hmm. So I'm sure they're trying to cover those bases there. Yeah, 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 exactly. So <coughs> before we uh, kick things off, um, let's let's say a quick prayer. You want to lead or I'll lead? Sure, I'll, uh, I'd love to. Um, Go ahead. Um, dear Lord, we're starting on a new thing here um, where um, we'd like to... Uh, share our belief, our um, understanding, and our questions about your word, about the Son of Christ. We're hoping that uh, through our fellowship and through our dialogue that we can come up with some answers. We'll probably come up with a lot more questions. But we're looking forward to the enlightenment, the process, and we thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' pray. name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. And uh, you know, when I interviewed you on the Yay a couple of, um, um, I think it was a month ago or so, um, you surprised me because I had never known you to be a Christian, and uh, you had talked about wanting to do a Christian podcast, and I was like, Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I'm, well, yeah. We, and we talked about like, you know, how we came to the church. I I'd been. I'd grown up in a in the Episcopal Church and baptized in it mm-hmm. at a very young age, and then uh, sort of fell out of it yeah. in adolescence. Yeah. You know, as the church got you know less and less important in my family's life, mm-hmm. you know, and other things became much more important. Yeah, we moved we moved away to another town, and that just kind of ceased. Mm-hmm. And then um, you know, I always had a longing to kind of like be there because I enjoyed the ritual and uh, and the fellowship and everything. Yeah. But, um, came to uh, go through years, uh, many, many years, um, just not involving myself with it. Yeah. 
I, I'm sort of the same way. I grew up in church. I grew up in Metropolitan Baptist Church in Washington, D.C., um, even sang with uh, my dad's Christian uh, group. He had a group called r Edition Gospel Singers. They did R&B, and then they switched to, uh, Christ, uh, to gospel music, which is what they're doing right now. And, uh, yeah, when I moved to the Bay Area, I sort of stepped away from it. I did join a couple of, uh, not join, but I went to a couple of churches. I went to Glide Church one time. Oh, I went, I went to, to Glide a couple of times, too. That's <laughs> yeah, Amos Brown. That, that's a fun place. <laughs> and I uh, even went to a Catholic church, uh, St. Leo's, uh, which is uh, close to uh, Piedmont. Mm-hmm. Um, but never really joined a church home and uh, sort of well, sort of out of the, out of the action. I, I call it, you know, sitting on the bench. Not not in the game. <laughs> right. And uh, I think uh, when you had mentioned wanting to do a Christian podcast, it was like, hey, this is my way of sort of getting back in the game and doing what I think God wants us to do. Maybe this is a calling. So, And um, and you're involved with your church is the All Saints Episcopal Church in That's San Leandro. Right. That's right. I, 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 I kind of like wandered in mm-hmm. uh, last October. Yeah. Just trying to check it out and was thoroughly just moved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure whether it was just like remembering uh, the Eucharist, which hadn't changed a whole lot. Mm-hmm. That, that's the uh, actual procession throughout the service, you know, just yeah. the nuts and bolts of, of, of the of the service. But I remembered it. You mm-hmm. know. I knew, you know, the, the Nicene Creed and the Lord's Prayer, and I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm here. I understand <laughs> this, you know. I, yeah. You know, and all of this. But it was the people there um, really welcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, totally uh, just open, mm-hmm. you know, and simple and and uh, beautiful people, you know, who just really, really dig it. And ever since then, it's just been kind of like um, throughout the ministries they do, like after we leave here today, there's going to be a food pantry and they're going to feed some, uh, you know, needy people, oh, groceries, awesome. and, yeah. uh, you know, that happens uh, <coughs> there in a bunch of other things, just a real involvement mm-hmm. in community, in each other, Yeah, and uh, I, I felt inspired. Yeah, and, and you know. you, we were talking as we were discussing how we were going to do the podcast, I know every week there's a Bible study and there's a sort of tract that you guys follow. Mm-hmm. Um, can you sort of talk a little bit about that? Uh, from what I'm starting to understand, you know, I'm getting more in, deeply involved in mm-hmm. uh, well, kind of understanding the scriptures because I'm being asked to read. Mm-hmm. You know, to be a lector and a reader. So, and yeah. if I, if I'm if I'm asked to do that, I kind of like to do my homework. Sure, sure. <laughs> I want to stand up and try to talk about <laughs> things I have no idea about because I'm a newbie, mm-hmm. or, or I'm coming to this, you know, with a brand new uh, set of eyes. Sure. And a brand new kind of, uh, hopefully, more mature understanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so what they do, to answer your question, is, uh, is sort of is a tract. It's, uh, it's following um, the different scriptures as they're presented to the congregation each week. Mm-hmm. And this is something the entire diocese, the mm-hmm. Catholic, Episcopal, and it stretches even beyond the, that, those particular um, uh, Christian sects. Yeah. I mean, Luke, got to include Lutheran, Presbyterian, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, everyone's kind of given this conscription of sorts or this guideline, like, here's what you can talk about this week. Mm. This week, um, this particular week, mm-hmm. September, first week of September, uh, one of the focuses uh, will be on uh, Exodus 3, chapters 1 
1 to 15. Yeah. And that's Moses and the burning bush. For those yeah. familiar with the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the Cecil B. DeMille project. <laughs> oh, right, exactly. That I mean, wonderful yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, are you going to read a little bit? Absolutely. Well, why not? Yeah. So this is from the NIV version. We'll be doing this uh, every week. We'll be, uh, you know, uh, from the tracks, we'll pull the uh, Bible verses that, uh, that the church is talking about, and then we'll uh, talk about it as well. So this is Exodus 3, uh, chapter 1 through 15, and I'll see if I can burn through this as quickly as possible. I'm reading from the NIV version. Right. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire, from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Shake off your sandals, for the place you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Yeah, I don't know which NFL team you're on. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And now the cry of the Israelites have reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers have sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. And that is it. That is uh, Exodus, third chapter, 1 through 15. Tell them I am. <laughs> I am that I am. I, tell them, who, who should I say? Tell them I am. Okay, well, that's, uh, yeah. that's pretty ambiguous, isn't it? But um, all-encompassing. All Yes, very, 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 very powerful. And, and you and I were talking about just being commanded, being told by God. God points to you like a coach. Get out there on the field. Mm-hmm. This is your assignment. Yeah. And it's it's it could be fear. It could be uh, 
it could be um, traumatic. Well, it's a it's a risky business, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, we were talking about prior to this uh, in Exodus, Moses had you know killed a guy in Egypt. That's right. Pissed off the Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Had a had a warrant, a death order on him. Mm-hmm. Fled to the countryside. Found a cute little um, family, mm-hmm. incorporated himself into it, mm-hmm. became this wandering shepherd, and like, right, you know, exactly. uh, you know, thought you know everything was you know cush. Yeah, <laughs> and it's interesting because uh, when he, you know, um, if if anyone knows the story, I think we read last week. Uh, it was it Exodus two or one? I think it was two, where the the previous pharaoh had basically uh, wanted all of the young boys killed. Yeah. And uh, to prevent, I think there was a or, an oracle or a uh, uh, prophetic. Um, uh, there, I think he heard from a, from a prophet or oracle that someone will liberate the Israelites no. from, from from Egypt. Yeah, and well, in, the, in the versions I, I read, it was kind of like a little bit more political. Yeah, it was like uh, uh, they were called the Israelites, mm-hmm. um, but. Um, they were a minority within, you know, the confines of Pharaoh's realm in mm-hmm. Egypt. Yeah, and they were, they were they were just you know increasing, increasing in, in population as God kind of like sure told them that He would do for them. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to make lots of lots of babies for the Israelites, mm-hmm. and but they found themselves without a homeland. They were mm-hmm. living in the Pharaohs, and so this is an, and that was like in the first. Uh, the first instance, I think they were called Hebrews, mm-hmm. which, uh, from what I understand, uh, kind of translates to people without a state, mm-hmm. a stateless people. Yeah. And they were getting too many in numbers, and that kind of drew attention to uh, Pharaoh and the government. Mm-hmm. And like, well, we got to call them. Mm. You know, we got to get rid of some of these folks. Yeah. yeah. And um, which kind of is. And practice still happening today. If you look at Burma, oh sure, what's going on right there? That's exactly what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it reminds me of um, you know slavery and in, in the deep south and post Civil War, yeah. where you know slave masters had bought so many slaves, and of course the slaves uh, multiplied as well. Mm. You know, uh, in 1872, I think uh, the turn of the century, mm. way more blacks <laughs> in the deep south, yeah. which um, which may have increased. Um, well, you know, I heard there that that created the the federal and penal system and uh, the chain gangs and federal penitentiaries or whatever. Because prior to that, slave masters had to control their slaves. Yeah. Um, so, but um, so, in any case, getting back to the Bible, um, so the the Moses' mother basically uh, puts Moses. Many many people know this, either whether you've read the Bible or you've seen. That's just being a male film. Yeah, I can't. I can't really read that passage <laughs> that you read. Yeah, you know Moses, Moses. <laughs> you know he's the, the burning bush. I, right. I can't help but like. I think of it in Technicolor with exactly with Charles and Hester. Yeah, and Yul Brenner. Mm. And uh, so basically, um, Moses' mother puts the baby in a wicker <coughs> basket and sails it along the Nile. And of course, Pharaoh's right, right in front of Pharaoh's daughter. Exactly. Uh, Pharaoh's daughter it. picks it up. <laughs> and, um, and, and then she and needs to find a midwife. Oh my God, there's one. It's Moses' mother. <laughs> right. So that all happens in Exodus uh, 2. Or a wet nurse or something. Yeah. Like and then we have um, 
I guess the latter half of Exodus 2 talks about Moses as an adult. It kind of goes from, you know, and then he grew up. You know, sort of like looking at, you know, if you look at the New Testament, it's like Christ is a kid, and then like, yeah. and then he grew up. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. And w- the cool thing about the, the verse, we were talking, Moses had a very privileged life as being, um, you know, in the Pharaoh's house. Yeah. You compare them to, like, a techie. Exactly. A, a techie, you know, like, if you're in the Bay Area and working for Google or whatever, you know, you have riches and you can afford a uh, 4000 5000 uh, condominium. Yeah. Uh, so why bur- worry about, you know, what's happening in the outside world? And Moses was walking around all of these, uh, you know, Israelites that are being imprisoned. And for a while he was like, well... Hey, that's, that's just the way, of, the way it is. That's tough for them. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, and then he was moved to kind of like take action. And, right. You know. And, and that's another interesting about. Um, defy, defy the Pharaoh. Yeah, so when he kills. He kills an Egyptian. He kills an Egyptian for right. beating an Israelite. Or a Hebrew, as they call it. As a yeah, Hebrew. And then that's when he has to take flight. And right. I, I say to myself, I wonder what led him. I mean, he could have just continued to live his pampered life. Well, to, you know, to, to action. Well, you know. Remember the movie? I mean, Charlton Heston was just like, you know, I can't stand this anymore. <laughs> right. My oppressed people. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's kind of living the cush life of Pharaoh. <laughs> sure, sure. What, what, what compelled him to do that? Yeah. And I liked your um, uh, uh, take on it. Weren't you saying that, you know, it's kind of like uh, he was doing this solo. He was just flying solo. That's down. exactly and right. He was impulsive, and yeah. it was all on him. It was all his decision to murder this guy. Right, exactly. And and it compares to us. I mean, you know, you had talked about how when you read the passage, you put yourself in, in Moses' sandals. Well, I think you all do. I think uh, that's been my approach is, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, with, you know, o- opening myself up to these stories. Just like, you know, you, both of us have a background Actors and reading a play, sure. or reading a, anybody out there, you mm-hmm. know, reading a book or a, a novel or something, you you put yourself in the place of these characters. You want and and you say like, well, you know, how how is this? What does this have to do with me? Right. Uh, you know, great, but you know. Yeah, and, and we do that. Yeah, we, and but and we want to be the hero of our own story when we get lost in a in, right. in, in a story. You know, <coughs> you know we want to be those. So naturally, I, when I'm reading this, I'm like, okay, I'm Moses. Uh, yeah. You know, I, do, I do the same thing. I'm walking around. I'm kind of bumbling, you know, aimlessly. I'm in a rut. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I've, I've done some things in the past I'm not too proud of. But, hey, you know, I'm not hurting anybody now. All I'm doing is attending my flock. Right, you right. Know, big deal. Yeah. And, and then Moses. Moses. <laughs> in a burning bush. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. And, um, and I kind of wonder, it makes me wonder, well, where... You know, if, if I'm if I'm in this story, I'm doing this. Where the hell is my burning bush? Yeah. I mean, where's my calling? You know, what's going to get me out of my rut? Yeah. I know. I know. I need to do something. I, yeah. But I lack ambition. Yeah, and and I think all of us can compare. I mean, when we see, you know, last week we had the aftermath. Well, actually, two weeks ago there was Charlottesville. Oh my gosh. A week ago there <laughs> <laughs> was. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the Berkeley. I think there was a Berkeley, the Antifa. The Antifa. Yeah. yeah. Then we then we have um, you know historic, devastating, catastrophic floods. Right. Exactly. You remember? I don't know if you remember. About three weeks ago, mm-hmm. we almost had a nuclear war. Oh, I remember that one? Yeah, you know, the missile over Japan. You know, that happened as well. But I think about the Antifa and getting back to the Moses story. Mm. Moses sees something bad happen, 
And instead of praying to God, instead of even focusing on God, he's like, I'm going to do it all by myself. Yeah, I know what to do. Right. You know, it's on me. I'll, I'll take the hit. Right. Right. And uh, and I think about the, uh, you know, there's a debate about the Antifa. The Antifa, if you don't know, are people who are against Nazism. But if you turn the sound off on your TV, if you're watching, they're just as, they can be just as violent mm-hmm. or just as scary as whatever. And uh, Norman and I talked about this on another podcast where in fighting evil, you cannot become evil. You have to be careful of being the same thing as your oppressors. I mean, people who hate Trump. If, if they, you know, Kathy Griffin had uh, did a sketch where he, she had Trump's head cut off and thought it was funny, but it got her fired by CNN because they were like, oh, my God, that's a little too much. So sometimes we, we run the risk of being just as bad as the people who we are fighting against, and we have to warn ourselves by that. And I think Moses may have fallen into that, not that he was as bad. Well, he was an Egyptian, <laughs> as bad as the Egyptian, you know, flogging and whatever. I mean, you know, the... Um, the Hebrews and the uh, Israelites who were building the pyramids and doing all the slave work, Moses benefited from that. You know, it helped him, you know, uh, get to, to where he was. It, it helped, it, it enriched that family. Yeah, there's lots of examples of that. And, and, and I, was, I was listening to a podcast just uh, uh, the other day or mm-hmm. maybe a while ago where a reporter, you know, who uh, was, you know, down there in Houston, yeah, um, he found somebody you know trapped, mm-hmm. and they were. He, he said, "Stop the cameras," because uh, the woman uh, he helped he helped one one guy mm-hmm. into the boat, yeah, and and uh, the cameras had had caught that, yeah. you know, and here's this you know reporter, you know, mm-hmm. you know just putting putting his job down, yeah. his objective job down, and just helping people. So yeah. he helps his guy in the boat, and his wife is in there, and she, he says, my wife has, uh, you know, Alzheimer's, and she, I don't know if she's going to, I don't know, I don't know if this is going to work really well, and uh, Porter said, stop the cameras then. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, there's no need to put this woman, you know, on TV, Yeah. you know, just for the spectacle of doing it. Yeah. And, you know, and and that, and so that's a wonderful thing. And I know reporters go through this all the time. There was a reporter a long, long time ago, maybe even 10 years ago, they, um, someone had filmed this boy. I think it was in uh, Haiti. There was a Haitian boy, three years old, and uh, the cameras just filmed him drowning, drowning, drowning until he died. And uh, I know reporters are like, well, we report the news. We're not part of the news. But every once in a while, you have to drop what your job is or your objective or your walk of life. Yeah. It's as simple as, uh, you know, every, every morning I go to work, and there may be a homeless person. Mm-hmm. And generally a lot of people would just step over the homeless person or ignore the homeless person and just keep on with their lives. Yeah. Some say, well, I've got a sandwich. I don't need the sandwich. I can buy another one here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you stop what you're doing. You stop your track of life to help someone else. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult. For mm-hmm. people to drag themselves out of their complacency. Yeah. You know, I mean, where's my burning bush? I need a, I don't need a homeless person. I don't need, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 800 number to help hurricane relief. Sure. I don't even need to call it. I yeah. Need, I'm, I'm glad it's there. Yeah. I'm glad somebody's helping that guy. It's not me. Yeah. You know, but I don't really see that as a burning bush calling me. Mm-hmm. Well, look again. 
Sure. <laughs> have a look again. That's right. Um, like I said, last month we talked about one, two, three, four different crazy-ass things that are happening to our mm-hmm. fellow man right now. Sure. If that isn't burning bush, I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I've, I've always believed, even when I was a kid, God calls on us all the time. So there are people who may say, well, how do you know there is a God? You can't hear him. You can't see him. You can't smell him. You can't. How, how can you verify that he's there? I can't. To ask people to have faith in something that they they you either believe or you don't believe, um, but if if sure I mean you can ask yourself okay what if there weren't a hurricane Harvey what if there weren't you don't see a homeless person there what if there's nothing right in your face saying hey I need help does that mean you will never help anyone in in your life does that mean you will never be called to service whatever the service is well. Um yeah. I mean, perhaps that, you know, you can live in that ambiguity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know a lot of the, what we're going to be talking about beyond today. Sure. Unfortunately, today we're talking about, like, hey, everyone, there's some bad stuff happening. We need, right. to, we need to do this. Like, 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 we really want to hear this. I mean, I would love to, you know, mm-hmm. I look forward to the day when, you know, we could talk about what we did in August on our summer vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hopefully, hopefully we can yeah. do that soon. But, you know, the, the kind of interesting part, uh, again, is, well, you know, and I'm going back to the scripture because that's what kind of focusing on and trying to draw that's from exactly today right. and that's exactly throughout right. throughout the con- you know mm-hmm. this continuing kind of exploration. I think yeah. we're going to kind of you know have so, have some scripture break it down and, yeah. and try to make it relevant. Yeah. The one thing that kind of strikes me, and you know, as far as what you were saying just then, if mm-hmm. I can follow this this tangent, absolutely. Is God says, you know, Moses said, "Well, who?" Who, who are you? Who are you? What am I supposed to do? And, yeah. and tell people, you know, about, you know, you and your message. Who, who, what do I, what do I call you? And he kind of says, I, you know, I am what I am. I think mm-hmm. Popeye also is like, just tell him I am, mm-hmm. you know, here's my card. Yeah. I am. And that's, and oh, well, by the way, mm-hmm. that's who I always am. That's right. Eternally. Before, mm-hmm. now, and forevermore. Yeah. Um, does that answer your question, sir? Mm-hmm. I am. I think in the New Testament, and the Bible is full of things that the same lessons over and over and over. I think in the New Testament, you know, apostles were always going, "Well, well, who do we, who do we say you are?" Mm-hmm. Who? And he goes, "Well, who do you, who, who do you think I am?" Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I am. I'm eternal. You know, <laughs> and, and, and you know when we read the um, the the verse from uh, Exodus three, got the Bible in front of me. Um, there seems to be ambiguity to Moses. I mean, um, oh yeah, you know, um, Moses says to God, "Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers have sent me to you,' and they ask me, what is his name?' So already Moses is is anticipating res- resistance. Oh yeah, from both the Israelites and also from the Egyptians. Well, well, obviously, I mean that's that's expected from the Egyptians. Hey, give us give us your slaves, give us your free labor. But um, and we see the ambiguity now. I mean, when we tell people, for those who don't, excuse me, believe in God, what is God? Why do you believe in Him? 
how can you confirm his existence? I mean, he is who he is. I mean, God has been around if you choose to believe in God. You know, generations before we existed, and he'll exist, you know, generations after. And um, do you need to feel him, touch him, smell him or whatever to, to, to believe? I mean... Well, you know, I mean, there's people who argue. I mean, I've talked to all kinds of people and what they believe. I mean, there's some people who say, like, God's a woman. Get over it. Mm. God's a woman. I don't know why you keep doing this dance <laughs> of God's a woman. And, uh-huh. and there's other people who say, well, God's just light, just light and energy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, th- I say, sure, fine. God's love. I mean, God's an active love uh, mm-hmm. that you allows you to participate yeah. and evolve and and feel, um, you know, love yourself and peace mm-hmm. for others. Um, it, however, mm-hmm. however, it comes to the table. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why you know a couple of weeks ago we were talking about you know when Christ was walking on the water that's and, right. and uh, you know. Peter, Peter. Yeah, Peter uh, started walking on the water, too, until he looked down and, whoa, mm-hmm. this is, uh, you know. Yeah, it's a lesson in faith. This is, this is not happening. Yeah. And the first thing he, s- he said was, Lord, help me. Yeah. Um, and Jesus right there picked him up. Yeah. He said, well, why don't you have any faith? Right. <laughs> it reminds me so much, like, you're married. You've been married to Daisy for how many years? Well, 14, please. 14. Together, yeah, yeah that, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But... Think about love itself. I mean, when Daisy tells you she loves you, or when you tell Daisy you love her, can you quantify it and wait? I mean, can you, I mean, how do you know that she loves you? Well, uh, there's a responsibility that comes with that. Yeah. Um, but, you, but you take it for granted. I mean, there, there's enough. I mean, like I work in a law office, and, you know, there's a thing called direct evidence and, and circumstantial evidence. Mm-hmm. Direct evidence is something that I can see. I can see that glass right. that I'm about to drink or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, circumstantial evidence is I know I have, a, I have a thing of ginger ale. Ginger ale is my favorite drink, by the way. In the refrigerator. Yeah. Now, the refrigerator is closed. I can't see it, but I know it's there because, you know, a few minutes ago I was in there or whatever. But... When you think about abstract, believing in something that you can't necessarily is there, I mean, you may, someone may say, well, you know, Daisy's faking it. <laughs> She's been faking it for 14 years, <laughs> which would be crazy, or something like that. Well, she just using you for your money or, you know, your life insurance policy. Well, you have to that evidence real quick, Right, exactly. But you know, I, think, I think I understand what you're getting at. And, yeah. And, um, we looked upon it a little bit, and, uh, and people can re- think we're jumping around. We are, but we mm-hmm. looked at it, and, re- and, and you can see it in some of the uh, New Testament where the apostles are writing letters to the Romans, writing letters to the, the, you know, the Pharisees in other lands, mm-hmm. trying to you know, tout this new Christianity religion. Right, Paul wrote and, a bunch of letters. Yeah, yeah. Paul and Peter. And, um, and uh, you know, they're trying to explain, you know, mm-hmm. uh, why they believe in this faith, mm-hmm. why, what the importance of this faith is to them. Mm-hmm. Because it came down to earth and then left the earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, now what are you left with? You're left with just the word. Mm-hmm. Just the word. Right. And, um, and you, you know, he's trying to explain, well, God is the visible becoming invisible and likewise. And explaining God in these very, very... And big 
simplest terms. Mm-hmm. You know, in infant, in, in, in infinite terms, yeah. eternal terms, things that are really, really difficult to comprehend. Sure. Or, or to even accept. Yeah. It, you know, the refrigerator is closed, and I believe that the ginger ale is there, but, you know, I can... I could argue that it isn't. <laughs> right, yeah, I could say I wouldn't get an existential I don't know what here. I could be dreaming. Yeah, we could we could do this Schopenhauer. This is not my hand in front of my face. It's only an illusion. It's all an illusion. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. But what I find interesting, especially the scripture, it's obvious with you know Paul's letters to the Corinthians and the Ephesians. I, m- I remember First Corinthians, they talk about circumcision and should we circumcise, should we not circumcise? There are all these arguments going on about how do we how do we how do we serve God or how do we, you know, praise God and what's proper, what's right, what's wrong. Oh, there's lots on prayer, how to pray, why why you pray, what you pray for and, you know, so forth. That's a lot of Yeah. There, there, there's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of that, too. But there's clearly energy into what is it. I mean, you get these. I mean, we're not even in the the, uh, the Enlightenment period. I mean, the Enlightenment period happened, I think, in the 1700s or 1600s, or the, the Reformation, Reformation period. Yeah. yeah. John Luther, I mean, Martin Luther. Mm. We're talking about people in the, um, I mean, this is ju- this is really the beginning. Uh-huh. This is 0 B.C. Well, uh, I'm sorry, 0 A.D. Yeah, naturally, when you, when you think about those things, I mean, the nuts and bolts were very important to people. Mm-hmm. I mean... All the people knew before was the Hebrew faith, mm-hmm. and everyone kind of knew the stories of the prophets, and you know, and, mm-hmm. and the Old Testament. I mean, it was it was passed down orally at first, and yeah. then and continued to be passed down orally for a long, long time. But yeah. the, but the apostles had to approach this, mm-hmm. like you know, like we know what we're talking about because we know what context you sure. you guys are in. Yeah. We're in the same context. Yeah. We we were raised the same way. <coughs> And the right. same ideas and yeah. everything. However, mm-hmm. there's a twist on this now. Yeah. Because well, not only is you know not only has has God been around forever and ever, mm-hmm. but right now His Son has been around forever and ever too. Yeah. And uh, and you got to put that in your pipe and smoke. Right. And that was difficult. Yeah. That, that was really difficult to swallow. I mean, when, know, we, when we think about you know the the um, I'm thinking about. There was an asteroid that you know that hit Earth that uh, that wiped out the dinosaurs right. and began a new breath of life for man. You know, if, if it weren't for that uh, that that asteroid that hit, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't even be here. And I think about Jesus Christ as being that asteroid that that just you know we had the Old Testament, Old Testament, Old Testament, and then all of a sudden, boom! Here's Jesus Christ disrupting everything, disrupting what the Pharisees had been believing, disrupting um, the Rome. And you know, and the way they believe, disrupting. Um, who was the um, Augustus? Augustus Caesar, I believe, was the the um, Roman um, Caesar at the time. Just disrupting everyone's way of thinking. And even after he left, or the physical body leaves, and he go, and he rises to heaven, everyone was like, "Okay, what do we do with all of this? We have the Old Testament, and now Jesus gives us the New Testament, and we've seen it. We've seen the crucifixion. We've seen." The heavens open up. We've seen all of the great, you know, the miracles, and we've we've read his word. So how do we? And so there's great energy, you know, in the latter half of, of the Bible and all of these words. Okay, how do we put it together? And that's actually a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to get people to talk. I mean, that's why we have a podcast now. How do we put it all together? How do we? 
and and it's important to them because they want to know how do we live our lives. What's the, what's the roadmap? We followed an old roadmap. Now there's a new roadmap. Well, I think uh, I think we're doing it the best way we know how. Sure. Um, can't all be you know perfect like Jesus, right? Oh, but uh, but yeah. you know if you look at you know some of the the ways uh, that he preached. Mm-hmm. Because he was a preacher. That's right. Um, it would be uh, to the common man. Mm-hmm. And it would be in the form of parables. Yeah. Things that they could understand. He'd talk to them about, like, well, you know, when you throw your seed on the path mm-hmm. and, and the rock, it doesn't grow. Right. And you know, when you throw it in the fertile ground, it grows. That's you right. know? And then That's everybody's right. like, uh huh, okay, I get that. Yeah. I get that. He's talking to, <laughs> he's talking talking to, to farmers. He's talking to farmers about yeah. faith. Fishers of men. Yeah, and when the farmer puts the seed in the ground, they mm-hmm. have faith that it's going to grow up. Yeah, and you know, same you know same thing. He talks to the people in mm-hmm. very colloquial terms, yeah. terms that they understand. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the apostles were like, "Well, you talk to them in that language, where you talk to us in a different language." Because well, you understand things differently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they understand things this way. You understand things that way. Sure. Um, and there's a lot of stuff. Hey, you guys, you there's a lot of stuff. You don't even get right. You don't even get it right. <laughs> you know that's, that's exactly and, right. Uh, you know, and he's trying to make the leaders of his that's right. of his movement. That's that's exactly right. And there's doubt all the time amongst them, mm-hmm. amongst himself. Mm-hmm. But is you know this asteroid may have come and you know wiped out um, you know whatever you know old thinking there was right. But it doesn't mean that this little amoeba's going to thrive, right? <laughs> you know? unless, unless you want to, unless you absorb the word, unless you take it in. I'm sure there are many, uh, you know, Pharisees who still held on to the Old Testament, who still rejected, you know, everything. Well, of course. And but when people ask me why do you still Reg Clay, why do you still believe? This Bible has been, you know, there's a wonderful verse. Um, I think it's in Hebrews. The Word of God is living and active, star- uh, sharper than any. Double-edged sword. It pierces through um, soul and body. I really need to pick it up. But the last part of that verse is, um, it it, um, it it speaks to the condition of the heart. It you know it it th- there's something that resonates in the Bible that still resonates with all of us. I mean, there are a lot of faiths that have died out through the years. A lot of you know whatever. But there's still something about Christianity. Something about the Word of God. That still talks to us. I mean, when, when Jesus preaches about fishers of men and, and seeds and the mustard seed, having faith like a mustard seed, he's not just talking to the apostles. He's talking to us. Yeah, he's, he's, he's still to, talking to he's, he's, right he, now. He's trying to reach reach something that's meaningful and mm-hmm. and understandable to all of us. Yeah. And, um, and I guess I, you know, I, I approach the, you know, uh, my faith the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, it requires that I get off my butt mm-hmm. and and accept something visceral. Mm-hmm. Accept something that does, you know, reach the heart. Yeah. Because I can, I can la-di-da all day long in my head. I can run round and round and round and, and, and not get anything done. Yeah. But you, you do have to take it in. And, and you have to have a, you have to let something affect you and be vulnerable to something. And 
it's uh, it's been fulfilling so far. Yeah. I hope it continues. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's it's been wonderful. So we're skipping around. Skipping yeah. around. I'm going to continue skipping around. Sure. Um, and uh, but it kind of makes sense because we're in Hebrews. Um, I'm, I'm looking at Hebrews 12. Yeah. Sort of has a bunch of Moses stuff in it too. Ah, yeah. Uh, oddly, oddly enough, mm-hmm. and um, and it says uh, looking at uh, for those you know keeping the scorecard at home. It's uh, Hebrews 12:28. Mm-hmm. And twenty nine says we're four. Uh, Which chapter? Thirteen chapter? Uh, Thirteen? Twelve. Cha- okay, chapter twelve. Got it. Yeah, Hebrews twelve, um, twenty eight, twenty nine. Here we go. Wherefore we re- we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Wow. Now I think mm-hmm. I think we're we're getting in troubled lands here because mm-hmm. that's where I think I'm kind of hoping we can differentiate our faith and our mission here mm-hmm. from being about what a lot of where I grew up in, especially in sub Baptist uh, kind of religion, which I'm quite familiar with. Yeah, um, would take that as God ready to discipline you oh, any time yeah. at all. Yeah. If, you're, if you're not li- you know, yeah. living a good life, that's right. if you're not being like Moses, yeah. um, guess what? Mm-hmm. You know, God will, if you're not fearing God, God will put you in a consuming fire. Now, the burning bush was mm-hmm. oddly enough a, a mm-hmm. fire that did not consume. Right. Uh, it just was a light. Yeah. Uh, a blaze. Yeah. And I think if you, you know, I think, you know, that's where some of the biblical things can be really interpreted in a very negative fashion, in an oppressive fashion. Sure. Which turns off a lot of people. Yeah. And when I talk to friends who are atheists or agnostic or they were Christian, but they're not anymore. It's not so much about God or whatever, but it's really the interpretation by churches. And there are some really bad churches out there. There are some churches whose subjective is to discipline, to extract money from you, and to serve the pastor. Uh, instead of, I mean, we, we were talking about Joel Alstein, <laughs> uh, who uh, had to be dragged and screened into opening his churches for uh, the poor people. And we talked about Joel Alstein being about a pastor who focuses on you making yourself rich. God will bless you if you help yourself. Yeah, well, you know, that's kind of, um, and, and there's lots of churches like that. You, I mean, you said, it said it was prosperity religion, right? Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a self-help uh, kind of prosperity religion, whereas, like, if, you, you know, if you're good, if you're humble and fear God, sort of like one interpretation of this Hebrews thing. Yeah. Um, guess what? You know, if you pray for money and... And all these things that you want, mm-hmm. you'll get it. Yeah, you'll get it. You, you know, that's the faith you need to have, people's. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And a lot of, because there's a lot of people who need. Sure. They'll they'll hum, they'll they'll humble themselves to to mm-hmm. get that. Sure. Why not? Yeah. And I, I have problems with that because you know if you value if your faith is based on how much money you have instead of giving. I mean, Jesus did not have. I mean, even in his day. 
he refused to separate Jesus. Part of your faith is based on, well, I don't want to be consumed by fire, so I right, guess exactly. I'll yeah, go, that, yeah, exactly. guess yeah, I'll go along fire. with this. Right, exactly. I mean, the fire, this is a fire that doesn't burn. This is a fire, I mean... A lot yeah. of times, I mean, uh, I think, especially in the New Testament, when they talk about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the fire and yeah. being, um, you know... The fire being cleansed by fire. It was a cleansing process as as far as just an imagery thing. Sure. And I think a lot of people, you know, around the time of Christ kind of understood that this was a metaphor for mm-hmm. for change, for purification. Yeah. Um, I think where it got kind of messed up was in that Reformation, where it, the consuming fire became like hell. Well, yeah. you can either, you know, mm-hmm. you know, glide along in the air, yeah, you know, or you can burn. Sure. You know, those are your choices. And, and I also think about the, the four great awakenings that happened here in the United States. The yeah. first great awakening, I believe it was uh, Jonathan Smith. No, Jonathan Edwards, who was a minister, one of the first ministers, Sinners of the Hands of an Angry God. I'm sure you remember that one. Oh, wow. This is during the, um, the Salem Witch Trials and the, the Puritan era when the... Um, the um, the what do you call them? Pilgrims came to uh, the to America. It wasn't the United States then, and but I think the job to be done. Um, there's a podcast where there's a guy named Horace Dadeu who's an economist and he talks about if there's a product that you buy, it has a purpose, it has a job. So the job to be done for religion back then was to scare the hell out of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, going back to your Antifa thing uh, mm-hmm. or Antifa, whatever. Antifa, how, yeah. The, how do you pronounce it? Anti-Nazi protesters. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, it is that kind of like, you know, taking it in your own hands kind of thing. Sure. We know there's evil in the world. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these churches, you know, are like, well, the first thing we got to do is get rid of the evil. Right. By any means necessary. Right. You know, by right. the, you know, if they, if, if they, you know, mm-hmm. bring a knife, you bring a gun. Yeah. Kind of thing. And, uh, and if they're doing it in the Lord's name, you know. They feel like they've got they've got the power to do so. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's why what, another thing that kind of turns people off joining things or Christianity in general or organizations like that is because there is that kind of reality that and possibility that hey this could all go really bad. Perhaps I should just stay out of it. You know, yeah. Not involve myself, and it's a risk. Shame, yeah. It's a risk because there's that burning bush again. There's that calling to do something, to do something that's very risky. Yeah, it's it, it's it, there's a temptation of being complacent because oh I don't want to be I don't want to be number one I don't want to be judged if I do things wrong if the church tells me that I'm evil or bad or whatever. And two I don't want to be the one to do the judging or whatever. I mean, uh, so I'd rather just sit back and just be idle, which is also a horrible thing. I mean, um, idleness is, you, you can't do that. I mean, Moses would have been very happy if he was just a farmer and just, you know, remain idle and not. Yeah, it seemed, like, it seemed like everything was going on. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty okay. <laughs> you know, he had a family and all that stuff, and he was away from yeah. the Egyptians and, and yeah. politics and, uh, and getting prosecuted or whatever. Yeah. And now, Moses, what's interesting, the burning bush, tell, God tells him, go back. To those very people. Risk <laughs> yeah. it all. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and by the way, if you want to know who I, my name is. Yeah, that's right. You got it. I am. 
How's that? Yeah. <laughs> what do you tell, think tell of them, them that. What do you think and, of them apples? Yeah. <laughs> and try to explain to them, you know, yeah. if people tell you, well, what is I am? I mean, you know, Moses was sort of left on his own. But, I mean, God was still with him. Oh, yeah. But, and I think the message is that. I mean, after also, that came, you know, so many you know, balls of Jericho and the Red mm-hmm. Sea, you know, yeah. Because, That's right. Yeah. Which, and, you know, and Moses had to have faith in that even before all of that happened. Yeah. When God tells you, I am with you. Yeah. I mean, and I think about just that one simple verse. I mean, we've talked about I am that I am. And we've talked about um, the burning bush. But in that verse in, in Exodus 3, that simple phrase, I will be with you. Mm-hmm. He's with us. Right. He's with us right now. Yeah. And we don't feel it. We may not believe it. Yeah. Even the folks in, Hurricane, in, in Houston, Texas may not believe, well, what happened? Why isn't God with me right now? Um, but, but he is. And when you see people volunteer and help, when you see, I mean, we've seen a lot of can negativity. You, can you provide links on this? Absolutely. Because uh, I think Kroger, mm-hmm. if you donate, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in the name of Kroger, they'll donate um, uh, $5 for every purchase. Yeah. You make up to 100 I think I'm or a million. I, I don't. I, I think they'll yeah. they'll they'll match. Yeah, we'll check it out. Prova.com. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and I think I sent you a link that uh, mm-hmm. from also that uh, through uh, the Episcopal diocese that yeah that uh, you can, you can do something right now. And, yeah. and I know people are kind of like, well, I don't want to know. Well, I want to give money to this organization or that organization. Kroger buys food. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what it's about. Yeah. It's just about getting food mm-hmm. to folks. Um, I know a lot of the folks down there, they don't need clothing. They don't need junk, you know. And a lot of these organizations are just needing money, but uh, it's hard to pick and choose. Yeah. So. And uh, uh, I, um, I donated to the uh, Bread of Life, uh, Inc.org. Uh, there's a guy named Sid Walton who I connected via um, Facebook, and he is affiliated with a group called the St. John's United Methodist Church, which is right there in Houston, and they buy food and other uh, supplies and things, and um, and they're looking for donations. There's a debate about whether the Red Cross is good or bad, or if there's if so much of your money goes to overhead or what have you. You can give to the Red Cross if you want to. Um, and if you choose not to, that's fine. But there are plenty of other organizations to give. But um, they, you know, um, there are plenty of organizations, a lot connected to the church, who really do uh, a very good job. And so, um, and we'll have links to Kroger's, uh, to the Bread of Bread of Life, dot org, and and uh, the other one. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll send you the Kroger thing. Sure, sure. But um, the important thing is to not be complacent. I mean, you can you can say, oh. Those are conservatives. Why would I you know, help them, folks, or, or what have you? Um, you can choose to do whatever you want to do, but um, it's you have to look. You have to look in the mirror. You have to look within yourself. And um, as going back to our theme, there's a burning. You know, you may say, "Well, there's no burning bush talking to me." Where, where is it? Um, <laughs> I would argue that God is talking to us all the time. There is always a burning bush talking to you. Well, I can't look at you face-to-face right now and deny it, so right. something must be happening. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. And there's a reason that we're, we're doing this podcast, and it's not like it's a – sure, it's a fun thing, but when you open yourself up, especially when it comes to faith, and faith is so emotional. I mean, you can draw a lot of people away. You can lose a lot of friends. 
Yeah. Well, I, I got to be honest, one of the, one of the impetuses uh, mm-hmm. for me doing this podcast yeah. is because uh, uh, our reverend mm-hmm. uh, of our Episcopal church that I, I, I've joined yeah. um, is well aware of how passive the Episcopalians are. I think I... I don't know if anybody's heard this phrase. I've told you that you know we're, mm-hmm. called, we're called the frozen chosen for yeah. a reason because uh, there's nothing evangelical happening. In fact, they kind of reject the idea of spreading uh, mm-hmm. the gospel or trying to, you know, bring numbers in. Yeah. You know, and you know, increase. You know, sure. Their parish, which in many instances has caused parishes to dwindle because they're dying out. I mean, our parishes, most of the mm-hmm. most of the people there are very old. Yeah. And we were talking about how millennials, a lot of millennials just don't go to church anymore. Just don't go. So, so part of this podcast for me personally is to be, and I've been given this kind of mission, mm-hmm. this kind of request from my reverend, hey, we got to, we got to, we got to use the E word. Mm-hmm. Uh, so oh, he, he evangelized. Yes, he evangelized. Yeah. So part of this is uh, is me, um, you know, trying to do that. Yeah. Trying to be more evangelical, yeah. not just for the sake of yeah. of my parish, but for the sake of many. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, even if your pastor didn't ask you, do you would you would would this be something you would do? Well, I, I probably. Probably not right right away. Mm-hmm. I'd probably you know go help out in the food pantry or mm-hmm. help help paint the walls or yeah or or clean up the landscaping. You know, I probably would you know be just happy being you know yeah. kind of there, getting my little fellowship. You know, you know, getting you know getting my jollies. You know, you know taking the uh, mm-hmm. communion and. You know, every every week, and yeah. you know, getting my bread and, and you know, sure, flesh and flesh and blood, doing all that, and just be perfectly content. Yeah, this is not f- a fun idea, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but it will be. I think it will be its own reward. I think so. I think so too. I think so. I think a lot of us, you know, for those who are listening to us, because we have a lot of friends in the Bay Area and. The way the theater community is, you know, there are people who have varying different beliefs. And I'm not just talking about in God, but like in, I don't know, karma or whatever. I mean, we have friends who are Jewish or Muslim who are agnostic, atheists, or they haven't even thought about this sort of stuff. They're like, hey, I, that's why I came to the barrier to get away from my family. Yeah, yeah most of, and most of my stuff. friends are like, uh, you know, yeah, that's why I'm here. I do not want that stuff. Thank you very much. Sure. So we're not asking people, hey, listen to this and we're going to convert you to Christianity. I mean, if that happens, that's fine. But it's a sharing of faith. I mean, we can only talk about what is important to us and what we come from. Yeah, I'd like to open up that love and, and faith idea and, and, and broaden it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, it, and we're doing it through a, a, a Christian lens because it's kind of how Reg and I relate to it. Yeah. And I'm sure there's more people who relate to it than not. We could take it, you know, any other way if I knew another way. Yeah. The last thing we want to, I mean, the, the last thing we want to do is to alienate people. I mean, we are not, I don't believe that gays are going to burn in hell. I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Uh, well, I, I don't know if I told you, but our, our, our 
our Reverend Father is a 33-year-old openly gay man. Is that right? Yes. And, 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 and hey, that's fantastic. Yeah, and so it's like, church. you know, if he's burning in hell, I guess we're all going with him. Yeah. I mean, uh, that verse, when I talk about Hebrews, um, the, the Word of God is living and active, the, the last part of it is it judges the thoughts and conditions of the heart. God concerned, is concerned about what, where is your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, there are Bible-thumping Christians who have been Christians all of their lives, but they have hatred in their hearts, and they use the Bible to attack people. I don't think those folks, and we can get into a discussion as to what heaven is and all of that stuff, but the Bible is not used to attack people. That is not the purpose of the Bible, in well, my opinion. It's been interpreted, reinterpreted, written, revised, mm-hmm. and uh, edited uh, in on and on and on. We have scholars today, you know, yeah. and it's just like with any uh, ancient uh, uh, book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can roll it over and over and over, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's still something mysterious and intriguing mm-hmm. and disco- new discoveries to be made about it. But yes, it can also be used as a cruel weapon yeah. and, and a reason to keep people in the dark. Yeah. Um, as we've learned, and I think a lot of us have, especially during these protests in, 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 in Charlottesville, mm-hmm. um, is that you can't destroy hate with hate. Right, exactly. You just can't. Just like, you know, the only thing that make, relieves darkness is light. Not more darkness. Mm-hmm. The only thing that, you know, you, the only thing that, you know <laughs> gets the hate away is the love. Yeah. And... And I think we're bringing our sensitivity to that message. I, I think people will, you know, hopefully trudge through all this Bible stuff, will you? Yeah. And they've got to understand that this is the lens we've chosen because it's a way we can, uh, uh, it's our path to, to finding what I think we're all trying to find is some kind of peace and, and fellowship with one another. Sure. And 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 just some simple um, mm-hmm. loving kindness. Exactly. Which is something that, that we need. And I think um, I mean I have a little blurb and since we're on our one hour mark All right. <laughs> I think we'll wrap it up. But here's the blurb that I have thinking about this, you know, this why why we're doing this. You know, faith faith, this podcast is a podcast open to anyone. You may, may not believe at all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have heard, had a horrible experience in church, which has made you turn your back on God. You still can have faith. We ask you to listen to the podcast, even challenge us via Facebook and share what you feel. Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible has been around for thousands of years, and even now in the age of the Internet and social media and great technology, it, the Bible, still has meaning for all of us. You can... Oh, and here's my blurb. You can listen to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. Just open up your iTunes app, click on the click on the store button. There's a store button on iTunes. You don't have to buy anything. Um, go to the search engine on the upper right-hand side and search for you got to have faith, and you'll find us. If you use an Android app, uh, if you use Android, the phone, download SoundCloud, search for us, and you'll find us. But uh, to put a final button on this, if, you, if you're going to have love and compassion for your fellow man, even for people who don't believe, I mean, I have I love and care for people who even don't believe in what I believe, not just in God, but just in other things. Um, I, have, I have friends who are Republican, and I don't understand them, but, you know, they're still friends of mine. 
this is about finding the common ground. Um, when we talk about our faith, we hope that it draws up conversations for the listener about their faith. What do they believe in? If you don't believe in God or Jesus Christ or you're a Christian but you believe in Christianity in a different way. Or you think it isn't isn't climate change. It's just the weather. Yeah. Or Mother Nature. Uh, I I mean, people believe in purity and, you know, Dasani water. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Tofu versus Wendy's. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not a vice versa thing, and I think that's what we're saying. Do you want to take us out with a prayer? With a prayer? Sure. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, this podcast, and we thank um, you for bonding us and taking us on this journey. We have no idea where this journey will take us, but uh, we will go where you want us to go, Heavenly Father, and um, we ask that you bless the listener with uh, our words and understanding that you help create a, um, a conversation, a dialogue uh, about faith, and we just want to spread your word, and uh, we thank you for the friendships that we have, and we thank you for uh, for blessing us. We ask that you bless the individuals in um, in who are suffering in Texas, that um, that you um, that you give them the warmth, and you that you have enough um, people to to help them, and that the recovery process will be uh, quick and swift. And we ask that um, in anything that we say and we do, we uh, do uh, in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, hey. That's it. Hey, my brother. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and that is it, folks. We are out. <laughs>